Welcome to episode 21, my conversation with Jessica from North Carolina. This is the Straight Up Gay Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Major, your host for the Straight Up Gay Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to learning more about LGBTQ people by having personal conversations and sharing their experiences. And now my friend from the Beginner's Guide to a 40-something Gay Man, Matt Ian Kelly, is going to give us our disclaimer. This is Matt Ian Kelly of the Beginner's Guide to a 40-something Gay Man. Keep in mind, the Straight Up Gay podcast is free of cursing, but we may have topics related to sex and gender that may result in awkward questions from young children. If you're not prepared to answer those questions, turn back now. Thank you for that, Matt. And today is May 21st, 2017. And on the show, I have Jessica. Jessica is a mother of three. She works as a preloader at UPS. And she currently identifies as a bisexual woman. However, she is currently married to a man. Actually, someone that I've met over the past year or so that we've kind of got to know on social media. So she's not a complete stranger, but... um, I'm happy to have her here. She's actually going to tell us a little bit more about her story uh, that we heard about on episode 12 from Reverend Joe. So welcome to the show, Jessica. It's great to have you here. Thank you. It's great to be here. So we've been trying to arrange this interview for a couple of days, and um, we finally got our schedules together. And I'm really excited. You know, this is going to be the first show that we've had where someone we've heard some sort of vague story about in the past on a previous episode that we're going to get, you know, another side of that same story. You know, it's just going to be really interesting to hear that same story from your perspective. Reverend Joe, she was um, very great on the show and she kind of gave a brief story about this girl that we believe is you. She didn't identify you explicitly. And, and so we aren't a hundred percent sure that this is you, but you at least identified enough with her story and you do know Reverend Joe, right? Yes, I do. She's a great person. And so we are going to assume, at least for the moment, until we hear different, that she was talking about you, and we're going to get the other side of that story. So, okay, so I gave everyone a brief introduction about who you are, but just fill in the details. You know, I kind of just told them the basic demographics. Tell us more about yourself and give us some more detail, please. All right. Uh, My name is Jessica. I live in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and I'm a preloader at UPS. It's pretty early hours, but I have the whole day off, so that's pretty good. Um, I have three kids. My youngest is two. My middle t- girl, she's, she'll be five in August, and then my oldest is O'Reilly, and she'll be nine. No, she'll be eight, and this, this coming tw- the 27th of May. I identify as bisexual, and, but I tell everybody I ended up marrying a man instead of a woman. I mean... Is it really basically what it is? Yeah, well, I guess that's within the realm of bisexuality, right? You, Yeah, uh, right. You never t- really know. <laughs> so that's really great. Thanks for sharing uh, some more info about yourself. Um, so let's just start off to, with the beginning. You know, I usually ask people about their religious ideology or if they are religious, if they follow religion or if they were raised religious. Where do you sit currently and how were you raised as far as religion is concerned? Well, I was raised in a Southern Baptist church in Stedman, North Carolina. And um, everybody at the church, I mean, they're very nice, you know, but when it comes to outsiders, especially people of different races, they're not very open to it, especially me being the way I am. You know, after I went there, I guess, 
people started to find out and I'd see it in public and they just, you know, kind of gave me the cold shoulder. I got tattoos and everything now. So they're just like, they put the X up when they see me. <laughs> but uh, I was raised Southern Baptist and um, my parents, they're very close minded. They're not accepting to that culture at all. So that's pretty much what it was like growing up that way. And what religion were your parents? They are what? They're supposed to be Christian. I don't know. I don't really think they're Christian. They uh. You're not aware of the denomination, right? No, they're they're Baptists. They were Baptists. That's as far as I know that. But they don't really go to church now at all. So. But you're not currently religious now. Would you consider yourself an atheist or agnostic? I don't know. My husband kind of. I don't really know all. You know, every part of the term of all those. I'm an atheist. I guess you don't have a religion at all. I mean, you know. I guess he said you don't believe anything, but he said he thinks I'm agnostic. I'm not sure exactly what that means. Okay. So here, let's let's see if we can figure that out now. Okay. Okay. All right. Theism deals with belief, and Gnosticism deals with knowledge. And so, if you lack a belief in a god or gods, then you would be considered an atheist. Now, you don't have to use that label. Uh, you can call yourself. Well, I've, I've heard, I've listened to, you know, Stephen, he listens to all these guys, people talking. And I was doing dishes and he had this one guy talking and he's an atheist. And like everything he said is like, I feel like that's the same way that I feel and I think about things. But it's just hard to, you know, come out and tell people that because especially around here, they look at you like a crazy. Yeah, I, I definitely can understand that struggle. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, uh, so atheism or theism is, is the deal uh, is dealing with belief. And Gnosticism is dealing with knowledge. And so if you're agnostic, you lack knowledge of a god or gods. Those two mean different things. Um, so I've, I've said before on the show, I think of a graph, you know, like a quadrant type, you know, like you would do yep. in algebra or in geometry or algebra or, or calculus or anything like that, where you have the X and Y axis. In the LGBT world, you can view sexuality and gender on two different axes. And people can fall at any point on those axes, right? So you could be, you know, all the way straight or all the way gay, and you could be cisgender or transgender and all variations in between. And the same thing goes for Gnosticism and theism. You can be a theist and agnostic, or you could be atheist and Gnostic. And so those two things aren't always related, but sometimes people think of not uh, being agnostic as atheism light, where they just are non-committal. So... You can avoid the labels, but if I were to ask you, do you believe in a God or gods, you would say? I would say no. Okay. So then you would, by the common yeah. definition, be an atheist. Yes. There we go. Figured cool. it out. Easy That's peasy. cool. Hey, my name's Jessica and I'm an atheist. There you go. Look at that. <laughs> so let's dig a little more. So you're currently married, right? Yes, I am. Been married um, past April was five years. Okay, good. Congratulations. And you guys are happy, huh? Yes, very happy. Good. It took a while to, well, we met when we were younger, but I mean, we finally got it together. Well, we'll I'm sure we'll hear more about that background. Oh, so. yeah. And so one of the things I'd like to do is tell me something that you enjoy doing that has nothing to do with you being an LGBT person at all, right? I don't want to know anything that relates to you as a as a bisexual woman. Just what are your hobbies? If If you had all the time and all the money in the world, what would be your favorite thing to do? Well, we have, I'm not sure how many acres it is here. We have like five acres and we have a garden. We have chickens. Well, they're baby chickens. I kept getting ate up by something. But anyways, we got chickens. So I love, I like gardening. I love playing with my kids above anything else. I love playing with my kids. That's like, I don't know, it's the highlight of my day. I just look at them and like, I'm in awe, you know, I just can't believe I made them. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's nice. And uh, do, do you have a role model or anyone you look up to at all? Like who, if you were saying, you know, if I could be like this person, who would it be? I guess, I, well, I use, I'd say, I would say my husband's mom. She seems to have it pretty well together. I mean, she's very accepting and she's very open and 
I don't know. She's just really smart, but and she has a lot for her community. So that's cool. Yeah. All right, good. And so let's start with a little bit of your background and, and how you grew up and how you figured out that you were at least not straight. You know, maybe you identified early on as a lesbian, I, I believe is what Reverend Joe told us. And then now you identify as bisexual. Yeah. And so let's talk about the earliest experience in which you realized that you either were bisexual or lesbian, or, or at least you figured out you weren't exactly like everyone else. Well, I mean, when when you're young, I don't really, I mean, I didn't really know these terms whenever I was younger, but the older I got, I mean, I, I know that's what it was, but the earliest, I mean, whenever I was younger, I was in second grade and, uh, you know, that's the first time I ever experimented, I guess you'd say. I was sev- I was 17 whenever I finally first had my first girlfriend and that was exciting. It was different, but it felt natural. I mean, it didn't feel like I was, you know, being forced to do anything or it was nasty, but it, re- it really felt like it. that's who I was supposed to be. That's what I thought I was lesbian. I didn't think that I was bisexual at all. I thought I was totally straight, uh, straight, well, not straight gay, but I thought I was complete lesbian. But before I did lose my virginity to a guy before that, but that didn't really work out, obviously. But uh, when I got with my girlfriend, that's when I thought that I was totally lesbian and no more men for me. But you just felt more comfortable at that time being with a woman. It just felt more... Yeah. Right. You know, it felt natural. It felt yeah. comfortable, right? Well, it didn't help that my girlfriend I was with, she totally bashed straight people. She did not like men. She thought was, she always told me how nasty it was and everything. So. Oh, yeah. Well, that'll do it then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. But you say here in the pre-interview form, the earliest experience you recall was when you were in second grade? Yeah, when I was in second grade. I tell mean. Me, tell me about that. There's been several times whenever I've been well, my parents called me one time. I was on the top bunk and I had a friend and we were trying to play like there was babies, but there was no baby. We were kind of doing some experimenting. My parents called me and they had me come in. My grandpa was actually there and they had me come and sit in the living room with my friend. And then like they kind of scolded us. And my memory is kind of blurry on what happened after that. But um, they just shamed me. And then the one time in second grade, I had a friend that was sitting beside me and my hands kind of was wondering. And so were hers. Her hands so wondering as well. But the teacher called us and she had us come outside and I guess they told my mom about it. I went home and my mom was crying and she was like, she couldn't believe it. But I mean, it happened. I didn't know what to say. I was like, you know, I was in second grade. Right. Well, and right. So you're what, six years old? Yeah. Right. And just you like this person and you guys were doing what little kids do, figuring out the world. Yeah, right. I seen her whenever I was in high school, actually. And you know, I don't think she remembers who I was. I'm not sure. I was a really awkward kid and I looked different back then. So I don't know. All right. So let's move on. So you currently live your life. I mean, I'm sure you don't burst into rooms and, and introduce yourself as Jessica the bisexual. But if people were to ask or if it were to come up in natural conversation, you admit to people that you are bisexual. Yes, and I have, I have lesbian tattoos. <laughs> oh, do you really? Can I see one? We're we're doing a video chat here for the audience, so I, I will we'll have to describe it here. Well, I'm not sure if you can see it, but it's a ra- oh, it's a rainbow shooting star. Oh, okay, yeah, it? yeah, I do see it. And yeah. then on my hands, I have you, you can connect them. There's two. Hold on, let's see. There's two of them. That's a female symbol. Oh, okay, yeah. And another one just like it, and you put your arms connect together, and they connect. Oh, okay. I see. I got you. No, okay. it's like the the conjoining um, female sign. Okay. Well, and I have to tell you that there is uh, nothing more exciting for an audio podcast than doing visual 
stuff that people okay. can't see. So everyone's, <laughs> yeah. but they are nice tattoos. Those look- well, I used to work at Sam's Club and people would come through the line like, oh, like older, older people like, oh, there's such nice crosses on your hands. Oh, yeah. And one couple came through one time and, you know, I was like, I was like, well, actually it means something. I used, I, 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 well, I used to think I was a lesbian and I put them together and they're like, you know, <laughs> I'll take it back. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. I bet you could get some funny stares from people for that. But you, you live your life, you know, you're not ashamed to, to tell people that no, you're a lesbian. No, so. I, I mean, if it ever comes up, I'm always letting people know. I mean, I guess you can be ashamed. I mean, there's a lot of people that can't come out for personal reasons or their own reasons. But I, I like to think that I'm happy that I can freely live my life as a bisexual lady. That's good. And I'm, I'm glad for you, too. You know, it's it's some people have to live their lives in the closet, being gay or trans or whatever. And it's always good to hear people that can live their lives how they want to be. Yep. So how did you, when you first came out, what was the very first time you told someone, you know, admitted the words that I'm bisexual or I'm a lesbian? Well, I, I had a good friend of mine and she's the one that kind of, well, she didn't really hook me up with her cousin, but she was the first person that knew about it, you know, because I was kind of sneaking to her house to see her cousin. So she's the per- first person that knew about it. Yeah, I would say her. She was the first person, her and the girl that actually I was with. But right, those right, are, but her, her family. How, how did you come out? Like, how did that go down? Well, she was there and she was kind of hitting on me. And I was like, uh, and her cousin's like, no, she's straight. Don't even try to talk to her. <laughs> and then I seen that I wasn't, you know, straight. I kind of was looking like, oh, well. That fa- old family over there is the only one that knew, really. I mean. I met her and then I was kind of attracted to her. I had met her before, actually, whenever I was in middle school. I knew her and I knew that she was, I didn't think she was trouble or a bad person, but I knew she had some issues growing up. I I was just attracted to her. And then after that, I kept going over there. And that's when she was on leave from Job Corps. So we would hang out and then she eventually left and then we would write back and forth. So that's how that started. Well, that's cool. And what about when you came out to your parents? How did that go? Um, how did they figure out that you were a lesbian? That was like the probably the most intense situation I've ever been in, only because. And this is this is the part that Reverend Joe talked about, right? Is when your parents found out. Is that about the time frame that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and how? Did, what happened there? I think I. Whenever the whole coming out thing happened, I think she, I think, cause I was, I'm friends with her daughter and I think, um, why I went to her daughter and talking to her about it and I think she might've went over there, but I wasn't aware that she went over there. Oh, so you weren't there at the time when they talked? No, uh-uh, no. Oh, okay. Say we were next door neighbors with her daughter. Oh, okay. Her, her husband and her kids stayed next door to us. Well, I was, um, like I said, I wrote letters back and forth to her when she was in job corps and, um, I think maybe it was the first letter I wrote, maybe the second. And I guess they got suspicious because I was always hanging out over there and I talked about her you know if you're, you're in a relationship you're excited and it's new and you're wanting to tell everybody but I was wanting to tell them but I was having to leave out the details where I was the girl that she was into I wrote a letter to her and they actually got suspicious and they took my letter out of the mailbox and I didn't know it well they came to me and they like threw the letter at me while I was on the couch my dad was like here explain this and I was like I just didn't know what to say. I mean, I wanted to tell them because I was excited, but I was scared at the same time that they would reject me. And that's what happened. I mean, I was 17 and they found out about it and it was a big yelling match and my sister was crying. My dad was crying. And I just, I knew that if I lived, continued to live with them, that I would keep disrespecting them. I would keep 
seeing her, you know, I mean, I didn't want to not see her because she was a woman and I was a woman, but it was just difficult because my parents, they weren't on the same page with me as that. And I knew that, but I remember being younger actually. And I uh, asked my dad, I was like, so I was like, what if, you know, I grew up and I, or if somebody was a lesbian or if I was a lesbian, I can't remember what it said, but he's like, I'd still love you. And this and that, but that was definitely was not the case. So he was, your parents were definitely not pleased that. No, they were not pleased at all. That was like taboo. They're all about people's appearances. Like they're, you can't, no. I mean, my parents, they didn't raise me to be racist. They didn't raise me anything, but you don't be a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> Just, and you can do anything you want, but be gay, right? Yes. And. How did you handle that when they when when that situation came about? So you just decided that you were going to pretend to be straight then, like? Oh no, I did not pretend to be straight. I actually moved out, and I'm um. I, oh, oh, okay, I missed that. They told me that I could not live there, and if I was going to be in a same sex relationship, and like I said, I knew that I was not going to stop seeing her. I would try to keep sneaking, and I would just get in more trouble and more trouble. So I um. My friend that was her cousin, she I called her and told her about the situation. She was like, hey, she was like, you can come live with me. She was like, we'll get you a job. You can go to school still because it's in the same district. So uh, that's what I did. I moved out and I kept seeing her. And my parents, we had a rocky relationship for a while. But um, eventually things did turn around. So. And this is when you were about 17, right? So you were yeah, a, like a junior. I yeah, I was a junior in high school. Whenever I, um, I had rainbows everywhere all over my notebook. People were like, what happened? You left one summer and you came back a lesbian. What the hell? And your your relationship with your parents now is better than it was then. It's better. My dad still always asks me, I don't know where I went wrong. He was like, uh, you also have this feeling, do you? I'm like, of course. Just because I married a man doesn't mean I don't feel sad find the women attractive. Of course I do. That's never going to go away. So do you think the fact that you married a man is the reason why your relationship with your parents got better? Yeah. But it didn't help any because uh, um, the chick that I was with for almost well going on almost four years, she was uh she was schizophrenic and she was bipolar and she cut herself a lot and I loved her and I was there for her, but eventually just the relationship got bad. But she was not that great to me and she hit me a few times. My parents knew about it, but I honestly think that if I was in a relationship with a person that was better, that it would have been a lot different. I th- I, I hope so anyway. I I definitely that's a really unfortunate that. You were with someone who hit you and, and who was, you know, engaging in, in self-destructive behaviors. Mentally abusive. She was quite a character. Yeah, that's really unfortunate to hear. Do you yeah. think Do you think that if, let's say you had found someone, I don't want to say better, but who was better for you, that had you continued to live your life in, uh, in relationships with women, that your relationship would be as good as it is today with your parents, I mean? I mean, I'm sure they still would have been off about me moving out when I was younger, but I don't know. I mean, I like to think it would have been. I mean, I think that would have changed a lot of things, especially just the way she was as a person. She was just mean and manipulative. But I think that wholeheartedly, I think that if she was a better person and a different person that, you know, wasn't as mean and hateful, then I think that it would have been better. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, and it's at least you're in a good place now and your parents are 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 getting better let's say you know that if if yeah if if we were to just assume the worst or not assume the worst but if we were to look down the road and, and the worst happens you are either divorced or you know your family breaks up and you were to get into a relationship with a woman they would still continue to be 
better than they were. Maybe not fully supportive, well, I'm had, sure. They've had all these years to think about this. I mean, they know. I mean, they just, like, even earlier, I went to my mom's house just a few minutes ago to get the kids, and I was telling them I was doing a podcast, but I didn't go into details about what it was. So I just knew what they would just be like, oh, okay. Oh, you, <laughs> you, you know? told them you were going to be on this podcast. Yeah, I told him I was going to do a podcast, but I didn't go into details telling him what it was. But, oh, um, okay. You know what would really be awesome is if uh, you share the podcast with them and get their thoughts and ask them if they would like to do an interview. I would love to hear their – I mean, we've already gotten two sides yeah, right? of the story, right? I would love to talk to one of them and see how they saw it. My dad is a closed-minded individual, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm pretty good at talking to people. I think we could handle a good interview, but I would yeah. and I would really encourage you to share the show with them afterwards and and if they yeah, are yeah. if they are interested, we can have a calm civil discussion about this experience with them and or with one of them if both of them don't want to do it, but I would definitely be interested in doing something like that. Yeah. Uh, that's the only, that's the most drastic thing I've ever done is moved out of my parents' house cuz I was a great kid. I never did anything wrong. I didn't skip school. My grades weren't that great, but I mean, I just didn't want to live there and continue just respecting them. So that's why I moved out. But it was, I think it was for the better, for the better. And so now that you're out and you live your life as a bisexual woman, but you married a man, how's that going? Yeah. I mean, how does, how, how are you and your husband getting along? Well, we get along great. I mean, uh, it's kind of funny actually, because I mean, when we're out in public, I usually notice a pretty lady before he does. I mean, <laughs> nice. Real. I mean, it's not, you know, that I'm like a horn dog or anything. It's just that, I mean, I appreciate a beautiful woman just as much as he does. But I mean, I just, I'm not, he's the only man for me. Like when I go out in public, I'm not like Googling that all these dudes. Like, oh man, he's hot. No, it's just not like that. <laughs> but lady, but lady, that's totally different. <laughs> and so, but your husband's really supportive, even though you are a bisexual, right? Like he doesn't have any problems yeah, yeah. with he, it, right? He called me a lesbian. He always called me a lesbian. <laughs> it doesn't bother like, you? I'm not a lesbian. No, 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 not at all. I mean, I know I'm not a lesbian, obviously, because I'm with a man, so it's all good. I want to move on now to some more, you know, individual type of experiences for you. So yeah. can you tell us about a time in which you experienced any sort of aggression or discrimination because you were a lesbian or bisexual? Um, the only really drastic, crazy thing that comes to mind is whenever um, me and my girlfriend, we were together. I'm not sure how many years we were together, but okay, so I had a daughter somewhere in there. Uh, we were, I was with my girlfriend and I broke up with her and I met my husband. He was a grocery, he was stocking groceries at the grocery store I worked at. And we started hanging out. We were just friends. And the next time I seen him, we, it, things got heavy and I got pregnant. Well, I knew she was crazy. So I go to her and I actually, I handed her a knife. I'm like, look, I know you're going to be pissed, but I'm pregnant. And she just walked away. Anyways. Wait, I'm um, sorry. Hold on. Did you say you handed, yeah. you handed her a knife? Well, she's crazy, right? So I thought it was coming. And I was crazy. I think I was stuck in the, you know, it's kind of not brainwashed, but I knew that she was about to act out because that's how crazy she is. She's very unpredictable and out of her mind. That's how she was anyway. Right. But you handed her a knife. Yeah, I, gave, I had a, yeah, I did. Wow. I handed her a knife and I, I said, I, hey, I, know how to read. I would imagine that if I were going to tell my wife some bad news and she was going to be angry and to the point that it would result in violence, I definitely wouldn't hand her a weapon. Well, um, I know, right? That's crazy. I don't know why anybody would do that. Yeah. Uh, well, I I have to sidetrack the conversation here for just a little bit because <laughs> okay. why, why would you do that? Like, I, I'm trying to understand what well, what was the reason you would do that. Okay. 
like I said, she's very controlling. And she, um, like I said, she thinks men are nasty. And like, I know the thought, if she's thinking about me having intercourse with a man, then that's going to make her more furious. So I was just trying to prepare myself, I guess. I'm not really sure what kind of mind frame I was in back then. I mean, I have a totally different mindset now, but that's what happened. I mean, I do some pretty uh, crazy things, but that was a <laughs> that pretty good topic. I don't know what I would have done if she actually would have freaking handed it to me and did something with it. Yeah. So, but you didn't have any self-destructive, you know, you weren't into self-harm or anything. Like you didn't cut yourself no, no, or no. you never tried to kill yourself or anything like that, right? No, I tried to cut myself on my leg once, but I couldn't break the skin. And it hurt too bad. I was like, uh, that's not for me. Please continue. But uh, the what you have here in the pre-interview form is, you know, the real discrimination came when you went to church with your ex and her family and. Yeah, we, um, her dad was an overseer. He was like, um, taking care of the church. He stayed right next to it, but uh, we had went down there. And Wait, her dad I'm sorry. Had, I, I got to interrupt you real quick. What's an overseer? Overseer is like someone that takes care of the church grounds. He locks it up, checks it, makes sure it's cool. That's my impression of what an overseer is. Of oh, okay. Cause I'm, I'm a sci-fi nerd. So when I hear overseer, it's usually like alien overlords that control oh, yeah. the human population. Yeah. So I was just like, I, I've never heard of an overseer. So I'm sorry to interrupt you. I hadn't heard that before in religious terms. So. I'm like, you know, I have a really bad memory. So if I'm in the middle of talking and I blank, you have to might uh, have to remind me again while we're talking. Yeah, no, not a problem. So, but you guys were, you went to church with your ex and your family and what, what happened there? We went to church with the, um, it was, uh, he had family members around the neighborhood that went to church and we got there. Well, the preacher already knew that. Well, my girlfriend and her family, they were kind of religious. She wasn't so much, but I think she just, wanted to put on a good front. I don't know. But she wanted to get her, uh, my daughter baptized. And that was okay with me. I didn't care. I mean, I wasn't totally um, the way I am now. So I kind of so had some hope that there was something out there. But she wanted to get her baptized. So we went there. And we were kind of late. So we sat in the back. Well, the preacher knew what we were wanting. So when it got time for that, he kind of he came down from, it's not a pulpit, it's like a podium. He came up from the podium and he let us know in front of everyone that because we were lesbians and living the lifestyle that we did, that he would not baptize her and he didn't want anything to do with it and that he pray, he would pray for us and that we needed prayer. And uh, I was totally baffled, so I just kind of got up and left. So let me ask some questions about that because you had this event planned. Like it wasn't yeah, yeah. like you showed up the day, like they were going to do a mass baptism of 10 people or whoever, and you guys just showed up as you wanted. Yeah, like, it's a really small church, really small church, but there was at least like 20 people in there. Right. So, but this was specifically planned for you guys to do the baptism. It wasn't like a, yeah, ma- I mean, you know, like did. everyone who wants to have a baptism, we're going to do one on Thursday, bring your babies. It wasn't like that, right? No, no. We didn't talk to him directly about this, but um, her dad had spoken with him about it. And um, we, yes, we were going there for it. I mean, I wish some kind of somebody would have let me know before we went yeah, in. Yeah. That that's what I was getting at is if you had this planned and they didn't agree with it, why would they let you show up? And tell you the day of in front of the entire congregation. These are Christians. <laughs> yeah, right. And I mean, but not even Christians, just as a person. Like, yeah, that's who does really that, crap. right? Like, that's like me inviting you to a birthday party. And then when you show up going, you know, I, I know you, I invited you to this party, but because you're a lesbian, you're not allowed in, right? Like, that's yep. ridiculous. Like, the, I just. Even and if you I've take the, the entire religious thing out of it, I mean, if it was in a church or Christians or what, it doesn't matter. If I was an atheist and I invited you to my house and it was a planned event for you to come, and then when you show up at the door in front of the whole party, 
I just tell you, ah, these two are lesbians and I don't agree with that. So they have to leave. And I even met the pastor before because I think, uh, well, my ex and her dad, they did like carpentry work and they did some work for him. Well, um, I met him before and he was nice and he knew us and my ex-girlfriend knew her, his son. And I don't know, he just was not okay with it. And he thought that he had to let us know in front of everyone. He couldn't come to the side and say anything. He had to let everybody know. Yeah, that's really unfortunate. I was I was upset. I mean, I think I was, well, she was like a newborn still. So I was going, still going through postpartum and I was like, so, so, so heartbroken. I mean, I can it, imagine. It wasn't, a big deal that, it wasn't a big deal for me that she was baptized, but. Just the fact of him coming down and just being a, you know, that way about it, just totally, it just brought me to tears. I mean, I guess I kind of, I didn't forget that people are that way, but a lot of people are still that way. Yeah, oh, man, that's really heartbreaking to hear that you guys were treated like that in front of the entire congregation. I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, well, her dad and um, one of his good friends, they're really great people. These two guys are, anyways. Uh, they came to the house and the one guy, he was crying. He felt so bad. He just could not believe that he did that. So I think that was just his own decision. That was a decision of everybody, obviously. But Right. Like you think he just he just pulled that on the spot. You think he wasn't like Yeah. To... I think he did it to hurt us. I mean, there's no other reason to do that than to hurt somebody, really. Yeah. I, I, man, I, I can't even make sense of it. Why? You know, a lot of Christians I talk to, they're all just like, you know, well, Christians are just good people and they just love other people and, you know, God is love and all those things. And, you know, sometimes when, you know, I can expect that from someone who's not a religious leader, right? Like you would imagine a person who's leading a church would be more restrained or refined. They would have more of an intellectual approach to their faith or, or their religion. And, I can yeah. I could see people in the church doing that because people all people can get petty, not just religious people. Atheists are petty, agnostics are everybody's can be petty. Yeah. But the fact that I can be petty. Yeah, all of us can. And the fact that the person who is in charge of the church would do that is just it just blows me away. I just can't imagine. Oh man, that's really rough. I'm so sorry you had to go through something like that. Uh, it's cool. I mean, I think that really opened my eyes up that people aren't accepting of uh, lesbians or anybody in that uh, category. Well, let's, you know, we've talked about the bad experiences. Tell me about a time in which, you know, and this is about you as as a, a lesbian or as a bisexual woman in which, you know, you were really having a hard time. You were struggling with something about it, you know, whether it was, you know, being an outcast in your family or from your church in which, um, someone provided some nut- much needed support or validation that really made a difference and an impact in your life. Well, it took me a lot to try to think about this one to see if I, I mean, like I said, my father's mother, I mean, my father's mother, <laughs> my husband's mom, she is, uh, she's really inspiring. I mean, she's always told me that, well, I was, when I wasn't with her husband, when I wasn't with my, my husband and her son, I was single, I was trying to mingle, but I was kind of awkward on the whole getting out there lesbian thing since I wasn't with my girlfriend. I was with other women besides her, but she was the only relationship I was in with, so I didn't really know how to approach the whole uh, scene. So she inspired me. She was like, she's like, you be a strong, independent lesbian. She always told me that. I mean, I think she, my husband still thinks that she wants me to be with women. (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> he says she's always hitting on me. Anyways, he, but she, she's wait, wait. Really he says always... that your mom is always hitting, or his mom is always hitting on you. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's such it's a funny. sicko. He's attractive. It's cool. Yeah, he's a <laughs> sicko. You tell him. You tell your husband he's a sick, yeah, sick he man. He wants to keep it all in the family. Yeah, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, you are in North Carolina, so I mean, it does make yeah, sense. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Incest is the best. No, just kidding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I no, she's the only person really that inspires me. I mean, and Sierra also. She's my best friend. She's a great person. You know, Sierra. And yeah, so I, I worked with Sierra. She's a friend of mine as well. Sierra and I uh, served in the Air Force together at the same base at the same time, and uh, we became friends through there. And that's how I actually. Be- so Sierra is your husband's sister. That's how I met your husband was through Sierra. Uh, yep. She she was like, well, man, you, you sound, you say a lot of the same things my brother says, and he's really smart and you guys would get along. And she said, you should just message him, you know? And I was just like, well, I'll take a shot, you know? And so him and I have become pretty good friends. Uh, and we talk and a lot. Too, I, guess my, yeah, I guess my husband, he inspires me also. I mean, it's not really one time I believe I've been inspired. It's multiple times, different occasions by, Usually those three people, Sierra, my husband, and his mom. This whole family, really, they're really accepting. And I guess just the way they grew up, they were very different than me. To They're open about talking about sex. They're open about talking about anything. And that is really, I wish I was kind of raised that way. So I, wouldn't, so I wasn't so uh, sheltered if I would have been raised that way. That's really weird wishing you were related to your husband. I know, right? Uh, no, I, well, I, I told him I wish I would have met him when he was younger, but then if I met him when he was younger, then maybe I wouldn't have been attracted to him. I don't know. You never know. No, but it's, you know, what's really good to hear is that uh, you have a good support structure. You have people that around you that love and care about you and, and help you. And, and that's really the good part that I, lo- I, w- I was looking for is, is that you have a yep. good support network. And so good for yeah, you. Yeah, I'm open with my children too. I mean, I have the long story about my daughter and her last name, but, uh, uh, well, what about that? I mean, where we got, tell me. Like I said, I had my daughter whenever I was in between relationships and, um, my ex, like I said, she terrified the crap out of me. So, um, she didn't want me to have, cause I went back to her after I had my daughter. We were a family. Well, I wanted my husband's family to have stuff to do with my daughter cause they're great and he's great. But she terrified me to the fact where she didn't want me to have anything to do with them. She, like even Stephen's other sister, Sydney, she came to the house once and she had she actually took my daughter and ran to the back of the house so she wouldn't see her. And she made me tell her to leave. I felt really crappy about that because she's a great person. But that was where I was at in my life. And I was totally scared. But, yeah, she didn't want me to have anything to do with her whole family. So whenever she was born, I actually gave my daughter my ex's last name. And uh, that was a big mistake now I think about it. But back then, I, I thought that we were going to be together forever and that was going to be our kid. Is this o- O'Reilly? That's my, that was my mom. O'Reilly, yeah. Yep. Her last name is not mine or my husband's last name. But we're working on getting a change. I just procrastinate really bad and that's my fault. Well, and, and so on that front, uh, I have a blended family as well. You know, I have different kids from different relationships and they don't have the same last name. And so it's always interesting conversation when people figure out, okay, wait, so you guys aren't all yeah. the same last name, right? And then you have to start digging into your family history and explain, okay, well, right. And it turns into a, a big, long, you know, 30 minute conversation trying to explain the backstory of how you came about to this, where you're at currently. And so. My daughter goes to, to they're very close minded. I think, well, they even have the 10 commandments posted in my daughter's classroom. and <laughs> At public school? Yeah, yeah, they have the Ten Commandments posted in the her classroom. I'm not sure if they talk about it, but my husband swears they do. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Well, he wants to he wants to homeschool. So yeah, I know. I've, I've talked to him about that, and and yeah. you know, I, I, so recently I got to tell the story about homeschool. This is not this is not a a slight against anyone that homeschools. It's just I've never been really confident 
that. Me either. That's my problem. Yeah. And, and let me tell you a story. There was a kid. So my son does Taekwondo and he was doing some group thing at, at, at one of their Taekwondo studios like an hour away. And okay. when I went there to pick him up, they were having hot dogs and like a cookout out front. And so I, they were like, you know, you can have some too. Please feel free to have some hot dogs or hamburgers or whatever. And so I was getting some food and I was just talking to one of the kids. He was about the same age as my son, 15, 16 years old. And I said, oh, what grade of school are you? And he was like, oh, well, I don't really know. I'm homeschooled. And I said, oh, okay. So, well, what's the highest, you know, the subject that you're the highest grade in? And he was like, well, I would say biology. He's like, I really like biology. I was like, oh, okay. And I said, and what's the lowest grade that you're in? And, and he said, math. And I, and I kind of got a puzzled look. I said, well, those kind of go together, right? Like you kind of need, you know, a higher level math, <laughs> at least algebra. I think you would at least need something like algebra to, to be any good at biology. And and I said, well, what kind of math, what grade, you know, like what kind of math are you in? And he's like, I, I don't understand the question. And I'm like, well, like the type of math you're doing is like, you mean like fractions? And I was like, no, like algebra, geometry, yeah. right? Calculus, trig, you know, whatever, you know, whatever the subject of your math that you're doing is. And, and he didn't know any, what any of those words mean. And when I started talking to him about biology, the only thing he really talked about was understanding the habits of fish and how he could use biology to learn the habits of fish and how to catch more of them or catch, do be better at catching them. Like your biology class sounds like, like your dad. Did. Yeah. Like catching fish, right? <laughs> like, and it, it just sounded like, I don't know if this is the case, but it just sounded like his biology class was his dad taking him fishing. Right. Yeah. And saying, Oh, if you tell me, he was telling me that you can have like any kind of curriculum you want to, like you can do whatever you want, but you have to have at least five hours of uh, like, class actual class in there i'm not sure but yeah and and that's i think is the downside to homeschooling is that there's no standard of education at least you know it, you have a minimum of five hours of this but other than that you can teach them whatever crazy thing you want right that aliens you know populated the earth a million years ago whatever you you know and so i've always been kind of iffy and not real confident that if I homeschooled my kids that they would get an adequate education. This is by no yeah. means a, a shining example of our public schools. I know our public schools have many failings, but oh, yeah, yeah. I, that experience just kind of solidified it for me more that mm, I know if I homeschooled my kids, it'd probably be not as good as what he's getting now. Well, if it was only me doing it, they'd be screwed. Yeah. <laughs> my husband's really smart. As you know, he's very smart and he just blows my mind with how smart he is. But, uh, I think he could do it. I mean, I just don't feel so confident in myself. I mean, that's my own. That's I, that's my own issues. I've never been really that confident in myself. But yeah, I don't know. So let's talk about our society and culture. Because you identify as a person uh, who is an LGBT person, you know, bisexual. That what is something about our current events or something at all, really? I mean, like, it could be anything that worries you about the future for LGBT people. Well, I mean, I know they struggle with their families, too. I mean, and people, I don't know. I would say... Do you think it's getting worse? Like like the the people that I come out to... I think it's getting better. I think, I think it's getting better. I mean, I know I listened to Joe, and she definitely said something that was true on her um, interview with, with the, these younger people and the younger generation. They, they tend to be a lot more accepting. I mean, it still depends on how you're raised, really. I mean, if you're raised to be that way. But I was raised that way, and I didn't turn out that way. So, yeah. I mean... I guess it's really people being informed and like my parents, they, uh, the only lesbian they knew was my girlfriend and she was a terrible example, I think of how 
I've met lesbians before and they've been in a relationship for years. They've never had those kind of problems. I just think that, you know, it's not just because she was a lesbian that she was a bad person. It's just because she was a bad person in general. Right. But I think if people are more informed and people get out, you know, not the bad lesbians. I don't want to say bad lesbians, but, you know, they they see that there is good out there. And right. I just you'd, think be a, that you'd be a good example. To, yeah. They just need to be informed. I mean, know that everybody's not like a freaking sex addict that's a, you know, any kind of. LGBT, you know? Kid. Yeah. Um, so you live in North Carolina. Do you feel affected at all by that, the bathroom bill and the, and the sort of, you know, laws and stuff that are affecting North Carolina in that way? That's still a thing, right? I, I think it's still in place. I think that, I mean, I think that people around here, they think that any, well, especially like a transgender person, if they see someone's transgender, I mean, sometimes you can tell, sometimes you can't tell. I mean, they just automatically think that they're going to freaking grab their kids. And I don't know what they think, but it just blows my mind that people, they think everybody's out to get them. I mean, just live your life. And let everybody else live theirs. I mean, I mean, I've been to a gay club before and there's open restrooms in gay clubs. I mean, what's an open restroom? You mean like men and women can use the same bathroom at a gay club? I went to. Oh, unisex, right. Unisex bathroom. Yeah, unisex. Sorry. Yeah. yeah <laughs> unisex. No, that's a, I thought you meant like they were open, like they just didn't have doors yeah, or something that's the best environment in the world everybody's so cool you know like talking to the saws and everybody's so chill i mean and nobody's trying to freaking grope anybody i mean if they are that's their, between them two but i mean it's they just think the worst i guess i don't know okay all right and so at, at, you know being a a, a lesbian person or, or a bisexual that you've never had to seek any sort of assistance or or mental health help no, i haven't no, and, I probably should have, but I never did. Yeah, but do you think that maybe had you had that support as a younger person that you would be helped in some way? Do you think it would have benefited you more, or do you think you would have? Yeah, well, I mean, would've... I had questions. I, I'm probably sh pretty sure that it could have been answered if I did get some professional advice from it. But like, whenever I was younger, my grandpa he molested me whenever I was five. Oh man, I'm not sure. I wasn't prepared for that. It's sorry. <laughs> It was from, I was like from five to seven and like, you know, at a certain age, whenever you have intercourse for the first time, your cherry's supposed to pop. Well, mine never did. So I don't know, maybe it happened a long time ago, but, um, uh, that's actually not true. So the hymen, the hymen doesn't no? work. Like, okay, that's good. Yeah, no, go yeah. There's absolutely nothing wrong with you. The, uh, there is a common cons uh, misconception about the hymen and how it works and how it acts. It, it, there is no popping of the hymen or, okay. or per se. Well, happened for me so but anyways I've always had questions not that I think me being molested is a reason that whenever I was younger I was interested in you know um touching and all that I mean if my parents would have known I didn't tell my parents about that until I was like 14 and my dad was taken away by it he didn't know anything about it so yeah that's really unfortunate to hear that, yeah I think that if I would have had some kind of professional guidance that would have had a lot of questions answered. Maybe I want to be so um, have confidence issues now. I don't know. Yeah. Do you, I mean, well, have you considered getting assistance now or, or mental health? You know, I mean, well, not really mental health. I mean, I, I do my insurance starts soon. I'm excited. Oh, did you just start working at UPS then? Well, I started last June and for one year you, you work there and then your insurance kicks in and it's actually free insurance. Nothing comes out of your check it off for it. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. Wow. So Good for you then. I know, right? For my whole family. So I can definitely get that counseling and therapy if I need it. But I mean, 
I don't know. I, I'm the kind of person that doesn't like to admit that they need help. So. Well, that's not a good thing. We should always admit when we need help. Yeah. So I hope that you find out what works for you. And, and I hope that if you do need help, you, you get it uh, in any shape or form that you need it. I, I, man, I, I, I need some help focusing. I can't really focus for nothing. It's really bad. Yeah, I honestly, I honestly don't know how to respond to that. That wasn't in the pre-interview form there, so I wasn't prepared for you to disclose that. So if I seem awkward right now, it's because I don't, uh, I wasn't prepared for that information. <laughs> so yeah, I so. guess you threw it in there. Like I said, I'm an open book. I mean, I really, I don't have, I, I, I don't have a filter, but I do. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm. I mean, I appreciate the honesty, and and man, that takes a certain level of bravery to admit that on a podcast like that. And yeah. It's cool. I mean, I know a lot of people have problems like that. I'm sure. I mean, just people, some people just don't know how to go about it or they don't have the confidence to bring out an open. But I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that's had problems like that and they just maybe don't have anyone to talk to. And I'm grateful being older now I do. But when I was younger, I just didn't, you know. So have you ever, you know, as a lesbian or as a bisexual woman, have you ever participated with any LGBT organizations or anything? Have you done any pride no, events? No, I or haven't. No, I was talking to my husband about that the other day. Actually, I was like, man, I really need to get out there. I mean, and I'm totally open about it and and stuff. And my mother-in-law, she likes that. And she's telling people about my story and she thinks it's great. So on the show with Reverend Joe, she talked about their organization that they partner with. Have you thought about reaching out to her and, and maybe working with them? Well, I told my husband that I would love for if you could send me some kind of links for something, even around here. I mean, I don't have, you know, I can't, I, I can't really afford to go far out, but I know, I'm sure there's things local. I mean, even in Raleigh, I mean, I've never even been to a march, like a, pray, a gay pride march, and I would love to do that. Yeah. So there are links. I do have some information. So every guest that comes on my show, I ask them if they have any organizations that they like, you know, as far as LGBT people are concerned, you know, for the LGBT community. And if they have any information or links that they would like to share to send them to me and I post them and I have a, pl a place on the homepage for the podcast, it's called Straight Up Gay Links. It's right there on the front page on the left side. And I am pretty sure, yeah, so there's the Sand Hills Pride in Pinehurst, North Carolina. I don't know how close that I mean, is I to you. I think that's what you guys are talking about. Is that what you guys are talking about? Yeah, that's what Reverend Joe down? and I, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so there's that organization. You could always reach out with her. But, you know, a lot of my guests have always said, you know, just get on the Google box and just Google, you yeah. know, your city and then pride or LGBT and, and you can find yeah. any number of organizations out there. So I guess I just get stuck in my own life and I get in routine and with my kids and stuff and I just don't think about anything else. But I definitely should make time for that. I mean, it's important. If I didn't say it on the episode with Reverend Joe, but my son, I have a 16 year old teenage boy and and he's he told us he was gay a few years ago. And so, you know, I try to be supportive and encouraging. And, and the one last year, he did ask me if we could if I could take him to a pride event. I live in Atlanta and they have a pretty big pride yeah. event. Oh, every yeah. Year. I bet they have a huge one there. Yeah. And I didn't take him that year. But I think this year when it comes around, I think I'm going to take him. I've been actually wanting to go to one just to see the you know, experience what yeah. it's like and, and meet some of the people and maybe make some friends and and show my support for the LGBT community. So I think the next time it rolls around, I think I'm going to take them to the Atlanta Pride. I would love to do that. I would so take my kids to the one because they, well, my mother-in-law, she's very, she's not out there, but we always get together and we do crazy stuff. I was used for vanity. So you've told us a really interesting story. It was really great to hear your side of what Joe told us and... Um, you know, there were some good things in there and there were some disappointing things and some things that make me feel sad inside. But if anyone wanted to reach out to you or if 
they wanted to contact you and ask you more, would you be willing to share your contact info? You, like you said, you're yeah, an open book. So, so if you wanted to be reached, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Probably Facebook. Yeah, that'd be on yeah. well, Facebook or my email. Okay. So you want to give us that information yeah. now? How do they find you on uh, Facebook? My Facebook is Jessica Marie Thompson. That's it. Okay. And then how, my, do, they, um, how do they read you by email? Email. Um, my email is me and my husband share one. He's usually always checking the email, so he'll let me know. <laughs> it, right. Just, What's the email address? I need the email yes, address. It is sdtj87 at gmail dot com. Sierra Delta Tango Juliet eight seven at gmail. Yes, that's that's correct. And you can be hard to get a hold of sometimes. I can attest to that because I try to get a hold yeah. of you for our interview and. It took a while to respond. So just if you reach out to Jessica and you send her an email or you send her a Facebook you know, message, give her some time to respond. Yes. <laughs> my kids, they have all my time. They really do. Yeah, no, that's good. So I, I just wanted to thank you for being on the show. It was, um, it was really good to talk to you. You're a really great person. And I, I'm happy to hear that you're in a good place in your life. And, you know, it's unfortunate to hear about the bad things that we experience. But I think we all have our negative experiences growing up. Some, you know, they're all different in their own ways. But to us, they're significant. Right. And That's it's right. really good to hear that you're in a good place now. Unfortunately, you're married to some army guy and. You know, that's unfortunate. You should have uh, married some, you know, good looking Marine, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I'll let him know you said that. No, I'm just kidding. He's a nice guy. And, and, you know, despite that he was in the Army, he's a good guy and really smart and, you know. uh, He's very smart. Yeah. So I'm happy for you guys. I really am. And it was nice to meet you and, and get to talk to you. You too. Maybe we'll meet in person one of these days. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. You know, I live in the Atlanta area, and if you guys are ever traveling through, just <laughs> swing on by. Just let me know you're coming, and we'll have drinks or have dinner or something. Cool. Oh, I love to drink, so that's good. <laughs> there you go. My wife is she's itching for a drink. We are uh, so for oh, everyone good. listening. You know, tomorrow at five a.m., my wife is going to be induced into labor, and uh, if she doesn't go before then, naturally, and so we have a new addition to the family. So there may be a, a little bit of a gap in the episodes coming up, but. Uh, Congratulations. I'm so excited for you guys. Yeah, thank you. We're excited and uh, we're really ready to see my new baby boy and and uh, we're just everyone's a buzz. We you know, I'm actually recording right now in the baby's room because this used I, to I be- noticed that. <laughs> I've seen the bears and stuff in the background. <laughs> yeah, uh this used to be my studio. This was our guest room and I started turning it into a recording, not a recording studio, but I would use it as a recording studio. And now yeah. it's the baby's room, so I'm recording in a, a baby blue room with baby toys all over the place, so What's beautiful. I'm sure the rest of it's beautiful, too. Yeah. Well, and, you know, we just tried to do our best and it, it looks nice. So uh, we're happy with it. But um, well, it was a very lucky day. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. He's got me for a dad. But uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I want to thank everyone for listening and, and just uh, being a good audience. Uh, you guys have been really supportive of what I've been doing here. So um, do me a favor. If you like the show, go on Facebook and give my Facebook page a, uh, a five-star rating. You can also go on iTunes and Google Play and, and give us some reviews there. You know, it, uh, getting the good reviews helps us get our show out to other people and, you know, who are browsing through looking for shows. And maybe we can start building this audience. Right now we have about 50 or 60 subscribers. But if you can go on iTunes and give the show a review or in the Google Play Store and give us a good review, I would really appreciate it. We can definitely do, use the good publicity. Consider donating to any LGBT organizations. One of my favorites is Callan Lord in New York City. I just had AJ from there on a few episodes ago, and I am a big fan of what they do. They have their whole organization 
doing a lot of good things for the LGBT community there in New York City. And so if you can donate time or money to any LGBT organizations that help LGBT people in need, it's it's really a, an underserved community. Remember, you can email me at major at straightupgaypodcast.com. If you don't agree with anything that Jessica said, make sure you send your hate mail to her. Uh, but you can always send your emails to me. Uh, I'm also on Twitter. Uh, I don't do a lot on Twitter, but I try to make a few announcements or a few posts here and there, but uh, I'm usually pretty responsive. You can reach me at SUG podcast. Uh, I'm on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash straight up gay podcast. Make sure you go on there and check out the show page and leave us a good review. If you go to my blog page or the the homepage, the www.straightupgaypodcast.com, I have all the links to all my social media. I have my email address up there. You have um, the Straight Up Gay links. You can subscribe to the show on there. It's also, you can find links to iTunes and Google Play so that you can subscribe and get those shows on your phone or on your computer or however you want to listen. Um, I try to make my show as available as possible. I, I submitted my show to uh, Stitcher Radio, which is another podcast that's also available on both iTunes and Google Play. So uh, thank everyone for being here. This has been episode 21, and I will see everyone again on episode 22. Take care now. Cause everything that happened afterwards was just madness Locked away for two years to keep me on the inside Because she'd rather see a part of me die than me thrive And it's tougher when it's something you can't deny And ignorance teaches us it's something that you decide You're driven by your choices, an optical illusion Here's to understanding that it's not always confusion And I can't change Even if I try and if I wanted to Religion, fuck constitutions, fuck superstitions. There are no lakes of fire. We're here on earth, and the only thing to do is put love first. And so I stand for the boy who died by his hand to the sound of his father screaming, Woman loves man. This is Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And I stand for the girl with the cuts up her sleeve and a heart in her hand and that chip on her shoulder. And I stand for it all until ignorance is over. This is for you, for knowing who you are. For never letting your magic outside of your heart Be you, be brave And understand that things do change I accept you for you when I don't understand And I love you for you This is who I am I accepted you for
for you when I didn't understand. Now love me for me. just don't get it love is love there is no difference not a medication to fix it there is no prescription no rehab to visit it is not an addiction it's love and it's selfless it's yours and everybody else's so don't badger and abuse the solemnly defenseless see us as yourself there's no equality and difference until we all get it we'll be drowning in the same blood this fight orientation we all feel the same love Drowning in the same blood, despite orientation, we all feel the same love. and labeled before we're ever able to speak who we believe we are or who we dream will become like drum beats forever changing their rhythm i am living today as someone i had not yet become yesterday and tonight i'll only borrow pieces of who i am today to carry with me to tomorrow no i'm not gay no i'm not straight and i sure as hell i'm not bisexual damn it i am whoever i am when i am it loving whoever you are when the stars shine and whoever you'll be when the sun rises so here's to being able Here's to love, here's to loving just because, here's to acceptance, here's to never fearing the fear of rejection, here's to love and never neglecting who it is you feel you are, here's to bullies because beatings cannot last forever, here's to the moment that you realize things do get better, here's to the parents who will get it when it's too late, here's to second chances, here's to new fate. Here's to every single moment you've ever had to hide you. Here's to the single star shining bright inside you, asking you to guide you. Here's to who you'll be when you've figured it all out. Here's to momentary doubt. Here's to feeling, because we all feel it the same. Here is to the moment that things will change. Because we all feel love, we all feel it the same. Here's to love. Here's the change.